Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict, and I'm on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guests today are Ben Helfund and Nikki DiPartolo, and they are the co-authors of the book, The Happy Divorce. And I think that uh, it's really interesting. I sort of like to go, before I go into your bios, I'd really kind of like to ask you both to tell the story of what is the happy divorce and how come you are authorized to talk about it. And then I'll give your bios. How's that sound? Sounds sounds like, first of all, thank you so much for having us on, Catherine. We are uh, fans of just your mission and what you're trying to accomplish and you know, Nikki and I, are, I would say, are two examples of what can be accomplished and what a happy divorce means for us is truly yet to be defined. I think it's one of those things, the fluid, but it always is getting better. And over the past 13 years, if you had asked us what a happy divorce was when we first decided to try a different route would be that we could just be in the same room together and not have everybody, but most importantly, our son, feel the tension uh, in the air. That would have been a happy divorce. Now it's, you know, one big happy blended family. Uh, we all live, we all, we live seven houses down from each other. We go on vacation. So it's a fluid, uh, definition, but it, but it always is getting better. And Nikki, you have something you want to add to that? Yeah. And I mean, what makes our situation so beautiful is even like our, our spouse, like we're, I'm best friends with Ben's wife. That is really close to my husband. So that in itself makes the situation so much better, I believe, for all parties. So in case our listeners haven't guessed, Ben and Nikki were once married. And Ben is an investor, board member, and philanthropist. And Nikki is an executive vice president. And they work and play well together, obviously, from the smallest daily tasks to the biggest life events. And it only took their divorce to get them there. And though their marriage has been over for over a decade, they still share a happy life with each other and their son, Asher, along with their new spouses and children. And so I think that when people listen to your story, they must think, well, that's great for you guys. But, you know, you must be somehow superheroes because mere mortals amongst us can't do it. And what do you think about that? Definitely not superheroes. Although some days I'd like to believe that I might be a superhero. I'm definitely not. <laughs> I just think that people True. maybe try to accomplish this too quickly. Yeah. And I think in our case, we, you know, took baby steps. It wasn't easy in the beginning. And people, you know, a lot of people look at us and are like, oh, well, it's easy for you guys. It wasn't easy in the beginning. Yeah, so I- we were just like every other couple that had. You know, the feelings of, you know, just dropping your child off at each other's houses, not really looking at each other, not really talking to each other. But we quickly realized that's not the life we wanted to give him. Right. And I think the one thing that that we did uh, right in the beginning was uh, when I left the house, I was so angry. I was so bitter. I was so resentful. You know, the, the whole divorce, the whole marriage ending was Nikki's fault. Um, but but over a few things happening and, and a moments of clarity or whatever, I realized 
that it wasn't just, you know, her fault, that it took two to ruin, make the marriage and it took two to ruin. So we had to clean up the wreckage of the past. I was in no position to make any life decisions that were going to be productive for myself, Nikki, or most importantly, our son in the state of mind that I was in. So, you know, the, the foundation that our happy divorce is built on, and I think if you want to have a happy divorce or, you know, a, a co-parenting situation, a healthy situation, for us, it's built on accountability and forgiveness. And, and just like it took two to ruin the marriage, it takes two to make what we have today. So, Ben, was can you think back to a time where there was a turning point for you where you said to yourself, oh, you know what, I'm going to give up the bitterness and the anger and work towards something better? Absolutely. It was uh, So I left that, like I said, I left the house. I went out and I did my research on, uh, you know, the biggest, hardest, toughest pit bull attorney there was in our area. And uh, I immediately hired him and wrote him a big retainer. Um, you know, he fed off of, or he gave me what I wanted to hear and, uh, you know, said that we have a great case here and he's going to write up a, I told him that I wanted what I wanted and he gladly obliged and wrote a 30 page, uh, game plan on, on what I wanted. And that was to destroy Nikki. And I eventually read it. I, I, for some reason, who knows why, but I kept it in my, uh, backpack for a while and I was on a plane back from LA and I picked it up and I read it. And I started reading, I got two pages into it. And it was, it just, for the first time in so many years of my life, I was honest with myself. And I could no longer continue to, uh, you know, buy, you know, the crap that I was selling to myself. And, and uh, you know, my parents didn't have a great divorce. And I, I, I understood what it was like to be in that household. And yet here I was sitting, reading a game plan on how I was going to put my son through that same experience. So it was that moment that I didn't, you know, I, I read two pages of, you know, what turned out to be a very expensive uh, lesson, but, you know, I, 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 best money I've ever spent. And what about for you, Nikki? Was there a moment where it, it sounds like you were the one who decided to end the marriage and you must have had some feeling about that. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Uh, was there a moment for you where you felt like, yeah, you know, we could make this relationship work just in a different format? Um, not exactly. I think in the beginning, like when we were separating, I think for me, I was always the fixer. Like I wanted to fix things. So, you know, I went through the stages of let's just get back together. Let's make this work. And then, but in the back of my head, there was always that voice telling me this is really never going to work. So, you know, I kind of took it from that. I started moving forward and I thought, you know what? I didn't want to come out. Like I didn't go after him trying to like hurt him or kill it. Like I didn't start that way. Like I wasn't trying to, I wasn't going out for blood in the beginning. I went the other direction because I have parents that are to this day married 52 years. So for me, I grew up with the complete opposite that Ben grew up with. So I wanted to make sure our son had the same or closest to the same upbringing as I had growing up. So I kind of just, you know, let him do what he needed to do. And I sort of sat back and waited really. I tried not to be too confrontational, although that's a little difficult sometimes for me. But I, I kind of just tried to give it a little time. I mean, I didn't really, I mean, I guess I did know what was going on in his brain, but, you know, he eventually, he eventually called me one day and said, hey, let's go have coffee. And as, you know, scared as I was for that initial coffee meeting, it was the best thing that we ever did. 
So you were just kind of waiting for him to find himself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. With, yeah, with one eye hoping and the other eye keeping, you know, a watch out for what I was doing. I was always wondering yeah. what that black sedan There's like one eye in the back of my head that was always looking. <laughs> 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 well, that's, that's really great. I think that, um, you know, you talk about accountability and forgiveness. And, and so let's talk first about forgiveness. Uh, maybe they go together in your mind that you can't have forgiveness without accountability. But I think that a lot of listeners think to themselves, you know, all these gurus are out there saying, oh, you know, you've got to forgive in order to be healthy. You've got to do it for yourself. And yet it's really hard to do. And it's really, I think, especially, I mean, it's great if both people like the two of you sort of come to a place where you say, you know, we're going to work on this relationship in this new format and we're going to work very hard to get through and build something proactively, build something new instead of react to what was what happened. Right. right. What do you say to people who are um, struggling with that idea of forgiveness, you know, when they feel like what the other person has done is unforgivable? At some point, you have to take a step back and realize it's no longer what's best for you. It's what's best for your children. So any type of animosity that you have towards your ex doesn't help your child. It doesn't help your child's, you know, relationship with either one of you two, or it doesn't help your child grow or feel the love that you brought him into this world to see. Yeah. I, yeah. I interviewed a, a woman named uh, Dr. Joanne Pedro Carroll a number of episodes ago, and she said that really, if you think about raising your children as a business and doing everything you can do to promote and benefit the business because it benefits mm. you both as well as your child, I think that's a really sort of great way. Yeah, it, it, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's a brilliant way of doing it because yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, you know, if you, like you said, the listener just going through it, and, and I will say, I think it's important to say there are, you know, some caveats or some, you know, stuff, the physical abuse or the sexual abuse that, that obviously, you know, we're not experts in. But but as far as, uh, you know, at the end of a divorce, there's nothing worse. I mean, it, it, it speaks to everybody. For a male, you know, romance and finance are the two big buttons in my life that when pushed, <laughs> I get, you know, uh, agitated. Uh, and, and so, but for the forgiveness part of it, the book that we wrote, 13 years later, doesn't talk about who did or didn't do what. So, you know, it it would make a terrible uh, Hollywood movie because there's no villain. Both of us came to a point where the forgiveness of ourselves first, because I know there's there was a lot of shame for both of us. We've talked about this before of ending a marriage. And then there's the shame and the guilt for your son uh, or for our son. So we had to forgive ourselves first. And that was the process that I went through first. And then I took a look at my actions in, in the marriage and I took Nikki out of the equation. And I, I, I just solely looked at what I had done, who I was, you know, and at the end of the process, it was clear that I wouldn't want to be married to me either at that point in my life. You know, I, I was just not a good person. I, I was miserable. I was unhappy. I, I blamed everybody. Um, and, and so that for me, even if Nikki hadn't accepted that apology or she was, you know, still angry and bitter, I then, it, was, it, it wasn't, um, the apology and the accountability wasn't for something. I didn't want anything back from it. Right. It, but I just happened that she took the same accountability and apology. But if she hadn't, I, my side of the street would have been clean. And then I could have gone through my life with at least knowing that 
I had done everything I could because I think as human beings, we all have the right, the capacity, and the capability of being happy. But that happiness does not happen while living in the past. And I just see so many couples, and through this process, we've talked to so many people who divorce who still hold on to that hatred and that toxicity of what happened in their marriage. And and that's because they really haven't dealt with the past and what happened. So, Nikki, I want to give you a chance to answer or see see if you have a response to that, too. But first, I want to remind people that this is Divorce Dialogues, and I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, and we're also available as a podcast on all popular podcast availability sites. And I'm talking today with Ben Helfund and Nikki DiPartello about their happy divorce, their book, and what it takes to have a happy divorce. So, so what do you think about that, Nikki? I mean, I think for me too, like, I think for Ben and I, we are both very hard headed human beings. So the two of us to one more than the other, but yes, one more, probably me, I'm guessing. So actually sit down and honestly look at each other and both of us say, I'm sorry. And allowing, you know, and allowing ourselves to try to put the past in the past and looking at each other and saying, listen, from this, basically from this point forward, everything we are going to do is for the best interest in our son. So with everything turned into what's best for Asher. And you, in, in the book, you read that line quite a bit. Truthfully, it's everything that we do in our relationship has to do with our child and his best interest. And I mean, I mean, and for me, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I think that therapy definitely helped me get to that point. And I, you know, I'm a big proponent of it and I'm not ashamed to say that, but I think that it definitely helped. It helped me along the way and it helped me see too all of my part in this relationship that caused it to fail. And then I also look at it now and I'm like, you know what? We really didn't fail. What we have now is so much more beautiful than what we had when we were married. Yeah, I just for what it's worth, I don't think you failed. You know, I I don't know. You know, Ben, earlier in the in the in the show, you said something about how it took both of us to ruin our marriage. You know, it took both of us to make it. It took both of us to ruin it. But you know, I'm not sure that sure your marriage is over, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I mean your relationship certainly isn't ruined. To me, when I I hear you and I I read your book, I don't think that there's ruin there. What do you think? No, and, and but, but at the point of the end of the marriage is, is what I was referring to. There, there's a, I had a sense of failure. I had a sense of guilt and shame around just be, of the stigma of being divorced. But no, I, I, I we've succeeded beyond. You know, like I said, if you had written down 13 years ago at that coffee shop what we would want our divorce to be, we would have undershot it by miles. Right, and, and what we've accomplished is probably. Uh, the single most, you know, important thing in our lives because we ended our marriage, but we never ended being parents. You know, we broke our vows at, you know, as a married couple and it happens and it sucks. And it's probably one of the worst things that people have to go through, but we never ended our, the inherent vows you take as being a parent. And we didn't put our kid in, in the middle of our, of our nonsense and, and use, you know, weaponize him. Yeah, I think that's really, really beautiful and strong of both of you to be able to get past yourselves and your own hurt and anger and and focus on him and, you know, lucky him to have such two such terrific parents. 
And, and, and can I just say one thing really quick? I yeah. think you alluded to it, but I think it's so important that to, to, to make people realize that what we have today, like the marriage and, and the divorce process, like it's it, it, in the beginning, we just showed up. We faked it until we made it. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't all of a sudden a happy divorce and what we've accomplished today. It's a process. And it took, you know, a lot of swallowing of pride. And when, you know, Nikki showed up with her new husband at a baseball game or, you know, I showed up with my wife. Uh, now what Nikki had to go through as, you know, the ego and all that. And just we, we just swallowed it and put on our big boy pants. But it was a process. And it, and it became and now it's just natural. Right? Like now we're just like brother and sister, best friends. And it's and, it's, and that's why, you know, the, the, the line of the book you know, it's our happy divorce, but it's how ending our marriage brought us closer together. Yeah, I really, I think that really, I'm glad that you stopped because I think emphasizing the fact that you had to practice. Yeah. Right. You had to. Definitely. Right. And and that, yeah, now maybe it seems easy, but that's because you've gotten really good at it after all these years of practicing. Yeah, right. that's exactly it. And there were a lot of landmines. I mean, I'm sure with your the amount of years you've been doing divorce, the field is littered with landmines. And, and believe me, Nikki and I stepped on them. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, numerous times. We probably still step on them today sometimes. But it's always that simple equation of two plus two equals four. Not for Nikki, not for me. Uh, and when we can truly say that it, it equals four for Asher, that decision, then that's the decision we go with. I think, like, a you know, a prime example of, of how we grew, too, is I got married before Ben and Nadia got married. And what was it? We got married, what, like a year apart, Ben? Two years, yeah. A year and a half apart? Mm-hmm. How many years? And Two years, I, for, for my marriage, I wasn't quite comfortable enough yet to have Ben and Nadia there. Only because I, you know, I didn't know. It still was sort of like an elephant in the room for everybody else, whereas it was getting better for the, you know, the two of us and the way our relationship, you know, was growing. But I just was, you know what, I was like... I just don't think it's right for you guys to come to our wedding. I think people are going to be looking, how's he feeling, what's she thinking? Oh my gosh, this is so weird. But fast forward a year and a half later, my whole entire family was at that. Right. Yeah. That is so a great like example. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it's brilliant because, and it wasn't, you know, despite my uh, spiteful nature, joking, but, you know, I didn't invite her just to show her up and, you know, say I'm a bigger person I invited, but it was just a natural, like it was a no-brainer at that point. And, you know, even when she told me about why she was, you know, she called me, and that's what we've been doing since day one is communicating with her. It's like all of a sudden I didn't not get an invitation and then have to ask. She called me months before and said, this is the way I'm feeling. There was no bitterness. There was, Of course, that's great. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's so, great. Look on people's faces to know that his ex-wife brought his present wife's wedding dress on the plane with her was was big. <laughs> well, that's that's a, a great symbol, iconic even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Catherine Miller. This is Divorce Dialogues. Uh, we're here on WVOX 1460 AM, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30, or perhaps you're listening on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Ben Helfand and Nikki DiPartolo about their book and their happy divorce. And uh, perhaps people would like to hear where they can get the book, more about it. And if one of you would be willing to give contact information, that would be great. Sure. Uh, the book is available at any retailer on, uh, at, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, mascot.com is our, uh, mascot books 
is our publisher. Uh, we are everything social media at Our Happy Divorce. We have a Facebook group. If you want to talk about solution-oriented stuff, uh, we are uh, available. Reach out to us. And our website is ourhappydivorce.com. That's great. And I know you have in the book these eight principles of a happy divorce. So I think before we end the show, I'd love it if one or both of you would go through what they are and how they work. I don't even have my book uh, in front of me off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first one is forgive first, I think. And we already talked right. about that. It's forgive first. Uh, it, it, it's funny because we, we, we put it together. It's not really in the book, but we sort of did the cliff note version mm-hmm. of the book in the principles. <laughs> but it's, you know, I think like we talked about, it's forgive first. Swallow the ego was a big one that, that is still a constant, I think, Nikki, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's I mean, still. Yeah. Especially today. The beginning part of swallowing ego was hard, especially when there was somebody else. For me, as a mom, it was, and I'm sure a lot of moms can relate, it's very difficult to have somebody else step in your shoes when your son is at his dad's house. So even though I knew it was what's best for him and she was a lovely, she's a lovely, and I love her to death, in the beginning, I had to swallow my ego because that was a difficult step for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still like, you know, one of the things the, um, that, that, you know, I talk about it even today after as close to Chad, Nikki's husband as I am, you know, when him and Asher are going to do something, maybe fishing or something that Asher and I do together, I'd be lying if I didn't say the first initial reaction is a little bit of a gut punch. Uh, and I love the guy. I couldn't ask for a better, you know, a second dad to my son, but it's still, you know, the ego is, is, is a cunning, baffling thing. And, and I don't watch it, my ego, and make decisions off of it. Bad things happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people worry about being replaced. Yes. You know, there's going to be someone that he likes more. You know, they're going to be a happy family just replacing me. You know, cut my face out and paste his face in or her face in. And, and that can be scary, you know, not right. just ego. And so uh, I'm trying to think what else is – did you have the list in front of you? Yeah, there's – be accountable. And I think we should talk about that because I think it goes hand in hand with forgiveness the way you're talking about it. And, Ben, the way you spoke about it at the end of the uh, – at the beginning of the show is like own your own stuff, right? Is, yeah. is, that's what you guys mean, right? That it's not all the other person's fault. I played a piece right. in this and everybody does play a part. Even, even if something bad happened – it's still not just because of that. Something happened to predate that, for an example, you know, an infidelity or you know something like that, is not the the reason you're getting divorced. There's something else. Yes, and that's and, and, and that's that's a symptom, right? I think that's the thing that I had to grapple with is, is it doesn't the, the the what and that's why we don't talk about it in the book because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter of what happened because look it's fair to say and assume and everybody who is you know either starting a divorce or has been divorced you don't go into that lawyer's office on a winning streak yeah right, right? you don't go because everything's great right. and every everything's you know just, but but there's some deep issues and and most of those deep issues dynamic that has occurred over time that both people play a role in that ending of the marriage um, and so accountability and being able to be on, and, and I have to take accountability today with, with Nick. Now, the bad news about being such good friends is Nikki calls me out on my, you know, BS. She was the one, you know, <laughs> right. she was the one, uh, I was. And vice not, versa. 
<laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, no, great, another great story about Nikki is, is, you know, I was struggling with the idea of getting married and having kids again. And, and my wife, you know, God bless her, would leave, you know, because the marriage topic would come up. And, and the last time that she left, it, it was done. And, and Nikki called me and she said, I don't care what you think about me after I say this, but I'm just going to say this. You're an idiot <laughs> if you don't marry that woman. I go, she right. goes, there's nothing else out there that you're going to find better. And you're going to end up being alone and lonely uh, and by yourself. And <laughs> so there's my ex-wife, you know, calling me out. And uh, she told me to marry her, and I did. <laughs> still following orders. <laughs> still yeah, following exactly. Orders. Brilliant, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations to you both on not only on your book, but on the relationship that you've built and the and the parenting you've been able to put together for your son. It's been really a pleasure to have you on Divorce Dialogues. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And and, and like I said, there's. Uh, a lot of things that you know, people like you are doing that are going up the river and trying to find a solution to uh, you know why all these people are coming down the river and drowning. So, all right, thanks thank a lot. We yeah. appreciate it. <laughs>